good morning. Ain't it a great morning? A beautiful morning. Welcome to our party, folks. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting Weekly Garden Program. We call it the Gestalt Gardener, and I'm your host, horticulturist Felder Rushing. Um, I've been called the Rolling Stones of Cucumber. We don't know, but anyway, our producer is an awesome Java Chapman. Proud Papa. We're going to have some fun for the next hour or so talking about gardening. I'm going to give a special shout out to those of you who listen by way of podcast, but today it's a live program. You want to give us a call? That's what we're going to be doing for the next hour or so. I'm going to give you a heads up on stuff you can be doing in your southern garden this beautiful early May weekend. Some things that may or may not be working for you, but may or may not work for me, but we'll work it out together. Anyway, we're live here at MPB. I'm going to be talking with you in real time about your garden. So sit back, join me as we take a little bit of news, four, five, six minutes minutes before we start this informal party we call the Gestalt Garden. We're about to get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie folks, welcome back. Horticulture still rushing. Hey, Java, how's little Phoenix doing? Little baby girl, two weeks old. Yeah, she's doing good, man. We um welcomed her, yeah, like you said, two weeks ago, and she's at home, mom's at home, everybody's doing good, man. Yeah, here we are, digging ditches, trying to pay for the bills. <laughs> You know, and uh, and 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 I uh, keep making more bills. <laughs> yeah, hey, wait, wait, wait till they get to be twenty five and need help. Yeah, yeah. I'm, but I but I cherish today. I'm waiting. There for you it. go. There you go. Hey, uh, a couple things going on this weekend. Uh, I don't know if anybody's really into it that much, but there's a couple that look me could be awfully fun. One is Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, it's a big Hispanic, uh, Mexican uh, fiesta festival. We can have, they celebrate a big battle win. Yeah, which is not like people try to compare it to Fourth of July. No, it's not independent. Yeah. But it's not Mexican independence. No, but they still whoop it up, and oh, we yes. and we whoop it up with them. That that is right. But guess what? Uh, tomorrow is officially. You're never gonna guess this one. <laughs> what is it? It's the international. World Naked Garden Day, <laughs> <laughs> and Felder is the is the mayor of that. Uh, day. Well, you know, I do have some do's and don'ts. You care to hear some of them? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> here's some World Naked Garden Day meant to celebrate by whomever, wherever. But unless you live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> With lots of acres and no neighbors, a few things you should keep in mind and make yourself and everyone out you, everyone around you, more comfortable about this holiday. Uh, World Garden Naked Day. Don't participate if your garden is in your front yard. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's sort of given. <laughs> you know, don't participate if your garden is a community garden or on public property. <laughs> don't go anywhere in these schools. Okay. Don't forget to warn everybody who may be living in your house or on your property. Nobody wants a surprise like this first thing on a Saturday morning. Anyway, you know, if you got, you might have an idea what you should and shouldn't do. You most likely wonder how you can show your friends you participate without leaking your, your own pictures or anything. You got to get creative. Use an apron. Okay, that helps. Photo shoot with all the vegetables you plan on cooking for dinner. If you're a guy, turn around. And they're taking pictures. Use hand shovels or lettuce leaves. Use meticulously placed watering can. Peek your head and shoulders out from trees and bushes. Use a potted plant or two. So anyway, do's and don'ts are World Naked Garden Day. If you follow these things, you're more likely to celebrate the holiday without creating too much of a stir. Now go out there, get close to nature, and enjoy World Naked Gardening Day, Saturday, May the 5th. 
I see a and hear a SNL sketch in there somewhere. <laughs> could be. You know, if I was just a little bit more creative, we could have done something fun this morning. But luckily, it's radio. Thank you very much. Because <laughs> I have a body made for radio. <laughs> oh, by the way, May the 4th. Be with you. Be with you. Thank you, sir. We're going to be talking about gardening this morning. Folks, you want to give us a call. It's toll-free, mpb ring Got some things uh, coming up this weekend I'd like to share with you all, a few emails. But it's a, it's a call-in program. So if you want to give us a shout, one eight seven seven mpb ring on this beautiful May morning. Let's go to D'Iberville, down on the coast. Hey, is it is it Lena? Lina? Yes, yes. Good Lena, morning. good morning. How are you? Fine, thank you. Good. What's up? I'm having a problem with a bay bay, bay leaf plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I have it. It's uh, in a big, big pot. Yeah. It's um, the leaves. I've I've had these plants for 20 years or so, and it's the first time I've had some uh, spots underneath the leaves. Yeah. Some of the twigs die, and even the branches or the big stems are have scars on them and yeah. spots. Yeah. I was just wondering if you could help me out. Well, a, a couple of things, uh, Lena. It's, it's been in a pot all this time? Yes. Okay. Put it in the ground. Those things what? will grow. They'll grow perfectly well even up close to Memphis, Tennessee. They get really big on the coast. You can prune it. But as long as it's in a pot, it's going to be a victim. The roots uh, are constricted. The potting soil over years, potting soil actually decomposes just like a pile of leaves does. And but so, I, I, I want to interrupt you. I have a tr- big tree, and it's suffering also. Uh huh. Well, keep in mind, it, and I got an email this week from a, from a listener who noticed that a lot of trees seem to be losing last year's leaves a little bit earlier spots because last year was tough it was it was uh, wouldn't stop raining it was hot and dry we had really hard sudden freezes so last year's leaves are suffering from from uh, insects diseases weather related stuff and they're going to shed as the new leaves come on this spring uh, we're seeing it with magnolia trees maybe a little bit more than you normally would so what i would do is uh, lena as i look at the new growth if it looks okay i would simply snip out the the bad looking stuff the dead twigs and just uh, expect this to be part of growing a a plant I that have, wants to I be have big. some of the new leaves here with me because I even took a branch and brought it inside, and the new leaves are starting to have the spots on the underside also. Well, you know, there's, I'm a, you know, I can give all sorts of educated guesses where there's, where yeah, there's without some, seeing it, I understand. Without seeing it, if you could, if you could turn it over and get me a really good close-up picture and send it to me, I can tell if it's a if it's a disease or if it's a, just a leaf. Sometimes but it's I, just a cosmetic thing. Without, I've noticed some uh, like spider webs. Yeah, that, that's okay. No, no, no. Spider webs are completely independent. Spider webs, bird nests, they're all independent from the other stuff. Unless they're tiny, tiny little, barely perceptible dusty webs, which could be spider mites, but it's a little bit early in the season for those. They tend to show up when it gets hotter and drier. So what I would do, and I say this a lot, and it sounds like I'm being patronizing, but if you'll snip out the dead stuff and stand back 10 or 15 feet away, if it looks okay from there, I would not look at any plant too close this time of year because we've had some tough, tough weather. Well, I cook a lot and I use the leaves. Yeah. So the ones that are nice, cook them and use them. Give it a little fertilizer. And if it's been in a pot a long time, that repotting, do repot it because that pot what is about, all decomposed. Uh, what about cutting off the branches? Because some of the uh, branches have scars on them. Yeah, just cut I, them off. This is, you know, this is, there are no pretty plants out there. That, that are pretty up close that are more than three or four years old. They all have got that kind of, just like people. I mean, oh, I got okay. hair growing on my ears, but nobody really notices unless they're standing way too close. Okay. So anyway, as long as it looks okay, snip off the stuff you leave, prune it back. I mean, that's a lot. How much bay do you use? 
Almost everything I cook, I put two or three leaves in. Okay, well, that's I, I, if you send me a picture of that, send me a couple of recipes, too. Okay. Thank you so kind. Good luck, Lena. Love your show. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate you being part of it. You know, a plant in a pot needs to be uh, repotted every now and then, a little fertilizer, and expect them to have root problems going to show up as twigs and things. Happens to stuff in the ground, too. By the way, I was in Laurel last week for this uh, event they called Hello Beautiful. I had a lot of fun. Good folks. One fellow said he moved to Mississippi from China. He's native, but he lived over there a while. And listened to the program online while he was over there for comfort. Uh, there's some things going uh, on I want to talk about, but let me throw out the phone number. One eight seven seven MPB ring. Give me a shout. We'll talk about gardening. Um, there's going to be a plant sale and art show uh, in uh, Starkville on Hospital Road, Trinity Presbyterian Church, uh, Hospital Road. They have a plant sale and art show Saturday from nine to two. Uh, the Mississippi Native Plant Society is having a conference in May the 19th through 20th. So that's coming up a little. We can talk about that next week. Uh, but it's going to be uh, Saturday and Sunday, May 19th and 20th. Uh, they're on campus at uh, Mississippi State University. They're going to have lectures and tours and a field trip. Uh, Mississippi Native Plant Society conference. Uh, interesting folks are going to take some walks in the woods and point out some really unusual things that um, actually can translate into good garden plants. So if you want some information about that, uh, shoot me an email. Uh, one of the, the biggest... I'm really sorry I'm going to miss this this year. Went a couple of years ago, have a couple of, actually three pots of mixed succulents that I got from them. But the Bailey Avenue Garden Club in Jackson, there's an annual plant sale. These ladies and some of the gentlemen have a fantastic time. Uh, Bailey Avenue Garden Club is an older club. Uh, they got a lot of active young members. Uh, it's going to be from 7 till noon. It's on Watkins Drive, which is... Uh, goes north off of Northside Drive. It's near Lake Heiko, like near Forest Avenue. So if you can find Lake Heiko on Northside Drive, a couple of bar, uh, blocks north on Watkins, right across from Hake. Heiko Park. It's really, really fun. I, I really enjoy the plants I got from them. Sorry I got to miss it because I've been a keynote speaker in for the Alabama State Master Gardener Conference tonight and tomorrow. But anyway, Bailey Avenue Garden Club, gee, I wish I was there because they had some fun stuff. And uh, I think I shared some stuff out of the back of my truck a couple of years ago. I was there. I don't remember. But anyway, we had a good time. If you've got some things I can help promote, garden-related events, shoot me an email, a few details. Uh, it's real easy, Garden at mpbonline.org. Now, let's go to New Albany. Hey, Kay, good morning. Kay. Hello. Oh, I pushed the wrong button. Hello, Kay, are you there? Hi. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Push the wrong button. <laughs> What's going on this morning? Um, I bought some David Austin bare root roses. Um, these are my first round of roses, so I'm feeling ambitious, but... I planted them. I made sure to mix up compost and peat moss with my soil. And now they're in the ground, and they're just sticks in the ground. And I just wanted to know, how do I make sure that they grow up beautiful? Well, a couple of things. First of all, David Austin roses, I know them well. I know them really, really well. matter of fact, I've been to David Austin's rose uh, garden and his nursery there in England. Oh, wow. And a lot of them, the bare root ones, are grown here in the United States. They're actually grown over near, near um, um, over in Texas. What's the name of that, the, the rose place? Um, anyway, they're grown here on their own roots. They're pretty good plants, but were they in good shape when you got them? Were they nice? The roots looked good and all? Um, yeah, I mean, the roots were pretty, like, thick and long. They they were a little dry, so I popped them in a bucket of water for, like, 18 hours before yeah, yeah. I planted them. Yeah. 
A couple of things. Uh, you said you mix a lot of stuff. Did you mix it in with your native dirt or you throw the dirt away and put in a bunch of other stuff? Um, I kept maybe like a quarter of the amount of native dirt. Okay. They will grow better if they have a little real dirt mixed in with it. We like to add stuff okay. to the dirt, not a little dirt to the foreign stuff. You know, the plant. Okay. Otherwise, they tend to stay wetter when it wet when it, when it rains and drier when it's dry out there. So if you could, okay. if they, have they been in the ground what, how long? Probably like a week. Oh, okay. It really is. Go ahead. I, what I would do is I would gently lift them up and rework the dirt, bringing up some of that native dirt from down deep and maybe make the holes wider. Okay. And, uh, and then give them a good soaking, but don't keep them wet. And uh, okay. just give them a little bit of time. Uh, also, David Austin has a replacement policy. So if they don't leave out, give us some time, but they don't leave out, they will replace them. This is a really, really good company. That is why I felt confident buying them because I figured if I killed them... <laughs> Yeah, well, be in good shape. But now also keep in mind, Kay, that not all roses of any group are going to grow well in Mississippi. Some do better in Canada. Some do better in California. Not all the David Austin roses grow here as well as they do in England or places where it does get. So, matter of fact, the flowers tend to be a little bit smaller than what you'll see in their catalogs. So what I would do is think okay. of that down the road, add a couple of other uh, roses in there. There's a little plant called the fairy, the fairy. Okay. It's an it's an old fashioned little small plant, been that around since the thirties. It grows really, really well. It'll it'll be smaller than David Austin's. And then maybe throw in uh, if you could what, shoot me an email, I'll send you a list of three or four plants that work in really, really well with the David Austin's. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Okay. One last thing. The the one that I've seen, uh, I was in uh, several rose gardens a couple of weeks ago in Texas, a couple of display, including rose gardens, one that featured David Austin rose, the English roses. Uh, and there's one that called Lady of Shalott. That is one of the ones I got. Wow, it is a great one. Just don't oh, really, do, I can't wait. Rework the dirt. Don't keep it wet. Don't treat it like it's uh, one of the hybrid teas. Just give it a good soaking every couple of weeks or so. Really good soaking. Try not to push it too much. Okay. Uh, do, I, do you think I need to worry about like a fungicide? Probably not. All roses are going to get some black spot uh, here in the deep south, even those that are so-called resistant to it. Uh, okay. And some of the David also do too, but I think Lady of Shalott is going to do fine. Uh, I would okay. don't, I'd only worry about it if they really look so bad it's just making you lose sleep at night. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your help, and I'll shoot you an email. Do I that. appreciate everything. Okay, Kay, appreciate it. Oh, and what a great fragrance. Oh. Yeah, David Austin, they combine the, uh, the, 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 the shapes and, and the beauty and the fragrance of old garden roses with some, some of the, the new, sturdier, reblooming things. I think you'll enjoy oh, it. Oh, I just can't wait. Good. All, All right. right okay. Well, thank you so much. I love your show. Appreciate it. It might. Okay, we're going to take a real quick break, folks, and come back. We've got a, uh, a couple of callers on the line. I'm Horticulture's fellow Russian, me and Java and, and, uh, and them. You know, me and Java and them, you know, Kevin Farrell's in there. We've got a whole team of folks here at MPB working Monday through Friday, bringing these local programs to you on a wide variety of subjects, sub- a huge variety of topics. You're not going to find it anywhere else in the country. Nowhere else in the country are going to be local programs bringing local stuff to local people. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring We're going to be right back with more phone calls. Give me a call and we'll shout about it.
From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. Okay, well, folks, welcome back. Horticulture Fellow Russian. Before I take this next call, let me uh, let me throw out a plea. I got an email. Uh, by the way, walking in this morning, I, I like to walk to the beautiful morning. Even if it's hot and dry or cold and wet, I like to walk because it sort of gets me in a mood of what's going on out there. But I noticed that the robin, bird, the little robins, uh, the adults are showing the little baby, young babies, how to go out and find worms and stuff. A little bit. Sometimes you'll see a real little kind of a skinny-looking robin. Hadn't learned how to catch worms yet. But I, I got an email from Kurt Smith up in Oxford, and I'm stumped on this. He said, I've had the most beautiful wild bird at my suet and sunflower feeders past few mornings. Can't identify. And any of you could help me with this, because I've gone online, and I'm just not any good at that. His body, head, and neck are red like a cardinal. So his all of them is red like a cardinal, but his breast is yellow like a goldfinch. And he has a long, dark beak and maybe a dark tail. Not sure the feeder is a long ways off. Uh, anyway, a red bird with a yellow breast like a goldfinch and a long, dark beak. Anyhow, what this could be, I'm just not sure. I don't know. But uh, the beak is noticeably long, not hooked like a parrot, not short like a cardinal. So if anybody has an idea, give me a call or shoot me an email, garden at MPB online. Dot org. Now, let's go to uh, here in Jackson. Hey, Gretchen, good morning. Good morning, Zelda. How yeah, are you? So far, so good. What's up? Well, I have a ficus that's looking kind of droopy. It's uh-huh. around 15 years old. I transplanted it around three years ago into a pot that's around 18 inches by 13, I guess, deep, but it kind of narrows at the bottom. Yeah. And it's not quite five feet tall. Now, I want to transplant it into a larger pot, but I don't really want it to grow a lot taller. I mean, maybe I could take another foot, but I take it in in the fall, so I still want to be able to do that. So what I want to know is what do I do to the root system and what type of soil do I use to transplant it? A couple of things. First of all, the bad, uh, I have a weeping fig, a ficus plant. I'm assuming we're talking about the weeping fig kind with the kind of small leaves. Mm -hmm. I've had one for 35. Right. Eight years. Uh, matter yeah. of fact, I just donated it to my daughter-in-law's new office. She's a lawyer. And she needed a big plant, so I'm, I'm letting her take care of it for a while. But every time you move a, a ficus, whether indoors and out or outdoors back in or turn it around or repot it, it's going to drop a lot of leaves. That's just normal for this plant. So what I would do is, first of all, I would cut it back a little bit. It won't hurt the plant. It'll put out all new growth. And by the time it puts out new leaves, it'll be reestablished, won't miss a lick. So what I would do is I would I would uh, use a pretty good potting soil and kind of lightly loosen up just a little bit the old potting soil and a few of the roots when you put it in the new pot, just a little bit. Okay. Now so that, I don't – what if these roots are like circular sometime? Can I cut those roots or not cut those well, roots? Well, I wouldn't cut any really big ones because those big ones, that they get, you know, they they branch and branch and rebranch and rebranch, and there's, there's millions of little bitty ones hooked to those big ones. So I would just loosen them up as, as, as good you can. It's not that big a deal for a potted plant. And, and by the okay. way, weeping we, we figs. I, I've seen school buses parked on them, and I've sworn – you know, sometimes they have those aerial rootlets that hang down, those lianas. Yeah, I've That's sw- what, what is that? I've never had that before. Well, a lot of tropical plants have, you know, Tarzan swinging through the woods? Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. he's swinging on. You know, they're called, uh, they call, I don't know if it's liana, liana, but it's not a vine. It's an aerial root that hangs down. That's what Tarzan swings on. 
and I've swung right. on it. Well, so, so you can I, you cut know, them I off. tried to loosen that soil, but the roots were up there around the top, too. So yeah. that's, this Pl- is the first time that happened to me, where those roots are on the top almost. It, it w- of the- will, will not hurt the plant at all. You know, right around town, you see magnolias and oaks with roots on top of the ground. It's the deep ones. You know, you're looking at the shoulders. It's the fingers that are, oh. that are, that are important. So, uh, matter okay. of fact, I think the roots can actually be kind of interesting on the top. Put a little bit, bit of moss around it or something. But main uh-huh. thing is, uh, when you pull out of the pot, uh, gently loosen up some of the potting soil, loosen a few of the roots, you know, so right. so they start growing outward. And um, and also, I would consider if you don't cut it back, at least thin some of the branches out. And that's how you're going to keep it compact anyway, just regular. Pr- well, I pruned mine in what looked like a hat rack before. You couldn't tell which end was straight up or down, and it put out right. new growth within weeks. Well, good. This thing got transplanted from Houston around 15 years ago, so yeah. it's kind of like my baby. Yeah. Well, it, it, if you prune it first, it won't miss mm-hmm. a lick. If you don't prune it, it's just going to shed a bunch of leaves, but that's not that big a deal. If it doesn't bother you, it doesn't bother anybody. Right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your help, Okay. Pritchett, 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 Gretchen, Gretchen, bye. <laughs> Bye-bye now. <laughs> Oh, no. My antihistamines are kicking in. Help me. Let's go to Jackson. Hey, Herbert. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm fine today. How are you doing? So far, so good, I think. That's good. What's up? Well, uh, look, I have a honeybee problem in, in the wall of my home, in the mm. dog house. Yeah. And, uh, I'm looking for a referral for someone who could possibly remove them without harming them. Because, you know, honeybees are... Yeah, to be kind of protected, and I don't want to kill them. Yeah, and and that's a, that's a real good sentiment. Uh, it is difficult though, unless they can get to the queen. If you can't catch the queen, yeah. it doesn't that's do any good to move a bunch of workers. And you know, it really takes somebody who knows what they're. Most of the beekeepers have already got their hive stocked. But um, if I can't, I don't know off the top of my head the number, but I but I can find out from the Museum of Natural Science here in Jackson. They have a beekeeper group that meets there regularly, and they and okay. so they have a list of members there. Uh, but okay, you know that would be your best bet. Okay, I can just contact them. Yeah, the I don't know if it's I can't remember Mississippi Museum of Natural Science or Natural. I, I, but anyway, you you can take it from oh, there. Oh yeah, I can find them. Yeah, and uh, just just tell them that that you want a referral to someone in the beekeepers. They may not be able to do it, but at least you gave it a try, Herbert. Right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I appreciate that. Okay. Good luck on it. Appreciate your, your thoughtfulness on that. Okay. Thanks a lot. All right, and we're going to. Beaumont. Sue, are you in Beaumont, Mississippi? Yes, that's, sir, I am. That's been pretty rural out there. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. In daylight, you know what they say. That's right. What can I help you with? Was it last year or sometime in the past? I remember hearing you have a show about the Long Beach red radish that you couldn't find it anymore. Uh, yeah, well, actually, I found something similar to it, but but what about it? Well, there it was the, in the Singing River newsletter, our Electric Power newsletter, Gary Bachman, a uh, horticulturist, had wrote know, Gary, an yeah. article about finding the Long Beach red radish where you can buy seeds. It's it's really called Cincinnati Market Radish. That's right, and he got it from long like carrots, and they have a mild taste, and yep. they were served up and shipped down up from, north for. Uh, it comes from Seed Savers Exchange. That's where I got mine, and that's what it's called now. Yeah, and he he said he found it. That you can find it in, in uh, catalog several seed catalogs if you if you go on the name uh, Cincinnati Red. Cincinnati Market Reddish. Yep. Uh, matter of fact, I got some of those seeds uh, three or four years. I, g- I gave a talk to a uh, sort of the, a, it's called Southern Food Exposed Southern. You know, it was the so- Southern Food Wave uh, thing. I gave a talk and had a local farmer grow a bunch of them, and we passed them out and munched on them while we were talking. 
How do they taste? Were they hot? No, no, they're real mild. As a matter of fact, it's really interesting. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that Long Beach, Mississippi, was founded on this on this carrot. They actually have carrots on their city flag. But, uh, you know, they, they built a bank for it. They built an ice house. They did everything. They were shipping them all over the north until people in Florida got the idea and, and, and you know, started growing more. But anyway, it's long like a carrot. It's kind of skinny. It's reddish and as mild as it can be. And, and get this, Sue, from seed to eating is about four weeks. I've got to get some of those seeds. Yeah, it's it's not the best time to plant them. I mean, you can do it because they're real quick, but if you can, you can plant two or three success, because again, from seed to eating is going to be between twenty eight and thirty five days. Good heavens! Well, can I ask you a question? Sure. Uh, someone gave me a juniper, uh, uh, what do you call those little miniature plants? Bonsai. Bonsai. Uh huh. Okay, and and it was overgrown. It was like a shaggy looking, and so I sterilized a pair of nail clippers and I clipped it back to my. To seek my taste, you know. I, That's called bonsai. Right. Look, uh huh. And I know I didn't harm it because it's putting out new little little growth there. But uh, uh, could you have somebody on there on your show that knows about bonsai? Because I don't know what else I'm supposed to do to it. Well, let me ask you this: Are you watering when it gets dry? Yes, but only when it gets dry. Okay, a little fertilizer every now and then. Not yet. I haven't put anything to it yet. Well, a little bit, a little, tiny. You don't want to make a whole bunch of growth on it, but a little fertilizer keeps it healthy. And uh, also, you got it outside or inside. It's inside. You know, junipers don't grow inside. They they're it, out. They, this one is just flourishing. It's doing well so far. But you know, juniper. There's plants that don't like the low light, and they don't like the low humidity of indoor. Junipers like like real sunshine and humidity. So it'll grow better in the long run if you'll only bring it. In. I mean, it, these plants can take freezes, but uh, it's not a, an ideal bonsai for indoors because it doesn't really prefer low light, low humidity. But anyway, other than that, just you know, if you if you could pluck your eyebrows, you can grow a bonsai. It's just cutting off what you don't like and leave what you do like. That's what I've done. Yeah. So how much of an expert do we need after this? <laughs> <laughs> Come All on, right, well, Thanks a lot. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, bonsai. Plugging eyebrows. Same thing. You know, you know, some people like big, bushy eyebrows. Some people like to shave them off, put them in a different part of their face. Most people just pluck what they don't like, leave what they do like. That's the art of bonsai. <laughs> Give us a call if you want to, folks. one eight seven seven mpb ring I got a little cheery music. I played it before, but I just I just woke up thinking, let's cheer up here, folks. We're going to take a quick break and come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener here on MPB, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm Horticulture Fellow Rushing. We'll be right back. Stop hiding behind the pillow whenever the dawn looks gray. Get up, get out, ooh, and meet the sun halfway. There may be a fortune waiting, lots of gold, or even an egg souffle. Ha-ha, get out, get out, and meet the sun halfway. Get into the tub, and you begin to rub and scrub. Give out with your virgin of the road to Mandalay. You may even show little Abner the way to win Daisy May. Get out, get out. Get out, get out, and meet the sun halfway. Get out, get out, and meet the sun halfway. Get out, get out, and meet the sun halfway. Get out, get out, and meet the sun halfway. Get out, get out, and meet the sun halfway. Get out, get out, and meet the sun half
tub splash and that you begin to rub and scrub give out with your version of the road to mandalay don't ever expect the bright side served up to you on a tray get out get out and meet the sun Okie doke, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell rushing. Got some lines open. If you want to give us a call, this is your time to squeeze in. The number is toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Uh, by the way, I was coming in this morning. Um, the, one of my neighbors out watered his garden. I hawked my horn, and he's so instead of waving at me, he waved his hose at me, squirted water towards my Jeep, and we kept on going. I guess maybe he was telling me I need to wash my Jeep. I'm not sure. I just got some emails uh, while we're there, and uh, this uh, got a, uh, an email from Josh from down in Moss Moss Point down on the coast. He wants to show me how well his edamame is doing. It's a it's a type of edible soybean, looking pretty good. First time trying to hope for the best, just a soybean. One thing I would suggest. Plants look a little bit thick. You need to thin them out. Use some scissors. He said they've got a uh, got got uh, tomatoes this year, uh, tomato plants, shishito pepper plants, mint, purple basil, and flowers. Anyway, he said enjoy your show. Keep dirty. And I'm thinking, mm, okay, sounds good. Uh, also, uh, Lisa Potts uh, wrote in wanted to know uh, what I had said about the Bailey Avenue Garden Club. Bailey Avenue Garden Club is a uh, um, is an African American club in Jackson. They've been doing it for a long time. They've got a wonderful plant sale. It's from uh, seven to noon on uh, on uh, Watkins, which is a blo- is runs right beside Lake Heiko off Northside Drive in North Jackson. But Watkins, you're right across from, from Heiko Park. You're not going to be a miss, but they fill a field full of people and plants and stuff that they grew themselves. I got a pot full of three pots full of succulents a couple of years ago, really inexpensive, and they're the kind that stay out all year long. So anyway, hope you if you know about some things I can help promote, uh give us a call. Uh or just give me a call and let's talk about your garden. One eight seven seven MPB ring. Got the lines open. I uh, want to uh share a couple of emails real quick. Rusty Tate uh from up north, he said, I finally got a chance to listen to last Friday's podcast. He said, I want to adopt the precious lady from Memphis as an extra mama. This lady who called up needed some help moving her bulbs. She said, I'd absolutely love to help her with the bulbs. I have camellias that my grandmother rooted, and there's some of my prize plants. Granny gave me my love of gardening. As a retired banker, gardening is now my therapy. If you can ever find out how to contact that sweet caller, that lady from Memphis, I'd love to help her and maybe get some great plants in return. Oh yeah, that's it. You know, you're going to get some other plants. Also, Misty Harris wrote, said, uh, one of my daughters is getting married this August. Another daughter is getting married in three weeks, but I'm now to the point of daring to look ahead to August. Misty, two daughters getting married at the same summer. Woo. Anyway, she liked to uh, use some four-inch pots of live plants for the reception table centerpieces. Do you have suggestions? And the first thing I thought about was maybe grow some, some rosemary. You know, rosemary can root in water. Little small cuttings rooted down, put two or three per pot, and... Uh, and they should be nice and big by August. But I'm thinking, no, why not get some of these small succulents? You know, you, you go to a lot of the garden centers, even the big box stores. have got little cactus uh, and succulent collections. And buy the individuals and put a nice little combination in a pretty little pot and uh, take it from there. They're easy to grow. They don't need a bunch of care. People can take them home if they want to. And uh, even if you're not much of a gardener, if you water them once a month or so, they'll, they'll for the most part, survive. So, again, we've got the lines open. Give us a call, one eight seven seven 
MPB ring. Um, I got this uh, an email from Stephen Flood, who's a regular listener, and he was the one who said he saw leaves from different trees on the ground, like more than should should be this time of year. Just curious, uh, and I'm thinking, you know, there's last year was really pretty tough on plants, and then we had the snow in in December. We had a hard, hard sudden freeze in January. And evergreen trees are having a tough time keeping last year's leaves on long enough for the new leaves to come out. Seeing this on magnolias. So a lot of times with the evergreen, they're dropping last year's leaves just a little bit early because they were stressed. The new growth comes out, the plants uh, put this attention to that. Uh, even some of the new plants, the, the new growth on trees. Uh, neighbors got a tree that the leaves that came out early this spring are starting to shed. But again, it's just bad weather. So the new leaves that came on sort of jump starts the trees. Um, and they're done. They're out of here. Meanwhile, as long as you got leaves on the ends of most of the branches and they look pretty good, I wouldn't worry at all. Now, let's go down to Mobile and talk to Maureen. Good morning, lady. Good morning. How are you? That's fine. What's up? I have a quick question for you, please. Do you have a suggestion of an evergreen tree uh, as an alternate to a live oak so it won't get into the power lines and uproot everything? I mean, live oaks are nice, but they need space. They do. They do. Um, in, in evergreen, that's going to be the that's going to be the tough one. Uh, how tall can it get? I mean, twenty twenty five feet tall, or just, or what? Well, power lines. I, I yeah. don't know how high up they are. One of the things you know, if if you're if you're right around, you'll see. You know, there there are a lot of uh, uh, juniper and cedar type things that are that are nice in evergreen, but they're not real what I call tree trees. Right. Um, but some of the wax ligustrum, you know, the the, the people uh, pruning up in the trees, they have close to the white flowers right now. They yes. can they can get uh, twelve, fifteen feet tall, mm-hmm. you know, and that's one suggestion. Uh, also, there's a there's a really cool native uh, tree. Well, magnolia. Are you familiar with the magnolia called Little Jim? Oh yes, mm-hmm. Little Jim. I've got one of the flowers right here. Matter of fact, it's it's about to run me out of the room. It's so sweet. But little <laughs> gems can easily get fifteen, eighteen feet tall. They're kind of narrow. They're not big, wide trees. So you'd have to plant mm-hmm. a group if need a screen. But it's mm-hmm. ideal. Not only is it evergreen, native to to Alabama and the Gulf Coast, but it's the longest blooming magnolia with flowers even up into October. The, the little gem? Little gem, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's not going to get big like the regular. Here's the key, though, Maureen. If you want a tree to grow fast and be healthy without a bunch of care, dig a wide hole and loosen up the pot. Don't add a whole bunch of stuff to the native dirt, mm-hmm. but loosen up the roots in the potting soil and you put it in the ground. Mm-hmm. A little tree will double in size at first. A little tree will outgrow a bigger one every single time at a fraction of the cost. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that'd be my number one choice would be to put a couple of little gem magnolias. It may be something out there to kind of pretty it up in between, mm-hmm. you know, like some crepe myrtles or nandinas or something right. like that. All right. Well, thank you so much. That's a start. Thank if you, you. You bet. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. Oh, this uh, little gem magnolia, G-E-M, little gem is a true, it's not a true genetic dwarf, but it's smaller than regular magnolias. The flowers are about as big as my hand. They're just as fragrant. Everything about them, the glossy upper green leaves, the little brown furry bottom of the leaves, everything about them is southern magnolia, but they're really big shrubs, not small trees. Uh, while I was walking in, I also got a leaf off the uh, the uh, sweet bay magnolia. Sweet bay is sometimes called a swamp magnolia, a magnolia virginiana. It has... Magnolia, well, it is a magnolia. The magnolia flower is much, much smaller. It'll fit in a teacup, and they're kind of an off-white. They're they're uh, uh, not, you know, they're, I don't know what color you would call this. It's not white, and it's not tan. It's just cream-colored. There we go, cream color. 
It's a terrific plant. It'll tolerate the worst kind of, of, of soil, including low wet areas. But between Sweet Bay and Little Jim Magnolias, you got some awful nice native selections right there. Now, we've got a couple of callers on the line. We're going to get to them, but we need to take a real, real quick break. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing, and uh, you're, you're hearing Thomas Grillo, who lives in Jackson. He's a world-famous thereminist. He plays a theremin, which is the only instrument you don't touch. And this is something he did playing a duet with himself, doing our theme song. So, Thomas Grillo, we really, really appreciate it. And I want to mention that Bill Ellison, who has this wonderful bluegrass program every Saturday night, he said that he's going to get his, his private group to do a bluegrass version of our, t- of our theme song. So I'm going to hold Bill Ellison, Ellison to it. Horticulture's fellow Russia, me and Java, and all the rest of y'all are going to be right back after this. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back, folks. For the closest fellow rushing, I did get an email from uh, from a fellow, Kurt Smith in Oxford. He has a wild bird he wants to help identify. He said his head, body, and neck are red like a cardinal, got a yellow breast like a goldfinch, a long, dark beak. Uh, somebody just emailed and said, possibly Baltimore Oriole. Could be. Could be a Baltimore Oriole. I can't tell because there's a lot of variation between the males and the females in different parts of the country. Uh, but if you're a bird expert or just a bird watcher, shoot me an email and uh, help us out on that garden at mpbonline.org. By the way, if you want to see something really, really cheesy, go to my garden blog, felderrushing.blog. I've got a thing on how to make your swing the funnest, smoothest swing you've ever put your rear in in your life. Uh, felderrushing.blog. Let's go to Van Cleve. Hey, Carol, thank you for holding. Hello. Hello. Howdy. Good morning. Good morning. I missed the name of the plant that you were talking about just a few minutes ago about going from seed to eating in a few days. What no, is the no, name of no. that? A few weeks, uh, th- th- four yeah, or right. five weeks, yeah. Uh, right, it's, right. it's a type of radish, and it used to be called the Long Beach Long Red. It was real famous all over the, the country from Long Beach, Mississippi. Now it's called Cincinnati Market Red or Cincinnati uh, Long Red. It'll have the word Cincinnati in it. Uh, I got my seeds from a place called Seed Savers Exchange, but other seed companies may have it, but it'll have the, the word Cincinnati. It's long and red like a carrot, and it's so mild you won't think it's a radish. Oh, okay. But it was a very historic uh, vegetable from the Gulf Coast from about 100 years ago. They used to ship iced down carloads of it from, from the Gulf Coast up to uh, to Midwest to because they use it as noshing food, like we use peanuts and popcorn now, but all, all the pubs used to buy them uh, for people to sort of nosh on while they were at their pubs. Okay, Cincinnati. It'll be Cincinnati Long Red or Cincinnati Market Red. You know, I, I've seen it with different names, but it'll have Cincinnati and either Market or Red in the name. But anyway, it looks like a long red carrot. It's real mild. Thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate you calling. All righty. Let's go to the Delta. Homer, I was in Clarksdale last week, and it was already getting hot. What's going on, man? Oh, hey. well, we've gone straight from, look like winter to 
to uh, <clears throat> some of it. But anyway, a couple of things, uh, Felder. Uh, by the way, I enjoy the show. I listen. Thank you. Appreciate every it. week. Um, the I've got I, I tried some this year. I, I'm growing onions. First time we used to grow them all the time when I was little. I wish I had paid more attention, but yeah, uh, I broke up some ground, put them in, put a little bit of my uh, magronite around them. Yeah. Uh, and I've got greens coming up. I planted those. Uh, they're getting big now. And basically, I did the same thing with those. Uh, they're up pretty good size now. I try not to use any harsh fertilizer on right. them. But, uh, when, when I know greens turn hot. I mean, when it gets hot, people have told me greens get bitter. They do. They what, do. Around what temperature... It's not it's not an exact temperature, Homer. But in general, greens are cool climate plants. They like it when it's cool, not really cold. But when it gets hot, it, it changes some of the chemistry in them, and they, and they go bitter. So I'm gonna say, you know, if if it stays, you know, up in the upper 80s and 90s, it will get bitter. So I think about okay. planting planting greens in the fall, in the late winter. Try not to have them in the middle of the winter or the middle of the summer. But that's uh, when I, I I've tried to. That's that's when I. Get my best crop. Right. The crop is in the fall, but right. this is the first year I've planted them in the spring. I planted them; they're big enough now to start picking. But, well, I, I start picking know. them, and when they start getting where they're not worth it, put a little extra salad dressing on them and eat them as long as you can. Then turn them under and plant something else. Yeah. Okay. Oh, let me All throw. Right, out, let me throw out a couple of things about your onions. You put out the little onion uh, individual, little small what they call sets, little small onions. Little buds, yeah. yeah. As they grow, onions don't have any kind of roots at all, just little furry things down at the bottom. They like to be fed several times real light because fertilizer washes down below the roots real easy. So, you know, they like okay. to be given just a little fertilizer two or three times. But also, when the if you want them to make big bulbs, you need to pull the dirt back from them so the bulb is sitting almost on top of the ground. Because it, oh. otherwise they won't make bulbs. When you see people grow bulbs successfully, by the time they harvest them, those things are sitting almost on top of the ground. You pull the dirt away from the little bulb, and they'll grow bigger and fatter quicker. And, you know, since you said that, I'm remembering back when we were little. There you go. Of the onion was above the ground. There you go. Just saying. Okay. Good luck, home. All right. Bye All right, bye. <laughs> Tupelo, Live Oak. Mark, what's up, man? Uh, good morning. Can you just give me a skinny on it? I, uh... I've got one that's about four years old, uh-huh. and I know I'm pretty far north for a live oak. And this this winter, as you know, it was tough. Mississippi had some very cold, uh, you know, single digits, yeah, you yeah, know, eight, nine, ten degrees. But yeah. it it lost all its leaves, but it's uh, it's greening back up. It looks really good. I'm surprised. Yeah. But can you just kind of give me a skinny on it? Yeah. And my uh, other question is, I have a grove of trees. It reminds me of the grove at Ole Miss. But I have a lot of big roots that are up. They're just coming. I, I cleared yeah. it off. It was undergrowth. Yeah. I cleared it off, and I, I assume that I can I can cover those roots with sand. It makes me nervous to put dirt around trees. Yeah. But as long as the roots are up and growing, I, I can't mow it. You know. It's, yeah. I assume I can put uh, I can put no. sand no. to cover no. up no. the big roots. Nope. 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 No. Okay. For, for, you. You know, the first thing first, your live oak trees they will right. grow up in North Mississippi most of the time but if we have a sudden hard freeze it can bust the bark on them okay. so uh so check for that make sure good. yeah bark looks good what i would do well it still may show up a little bit anyway what i would do is i would go in and thin out a few of the branches excuse me right. a few of the limbs 
And then what's left, thin out a few of the branches on the limbs that are left. Don't leave stubs. You know, just, just okay. sort of thin them out a little bit. And the energy that would have gone to those will go to what's left and it'll be healthier. Okay. So that, that'll help a lot. You know, don't don't leave lion's tails at the end of a long, skinny branch. But just thin okay. out some of the branches, a couple of the limbs. And that'll help. Um, and is far, there any magic to making them? You know how the, those on the coast don't really have a central. They just kind of... That's the way they grow, they, they, they'll do that on their own. Okay, but you good. can encourage you by cutting out stuff that's growing the way you don't want and leave stuff that's growing in the direction you do want. Direction okay. Prayer. Don't you wish we could do our fingers that way so we're all not <laughs> side by side. You can have some sticking out of the back of your hand so make it easy to scratch your head. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. well hang on. <laughs> back up. Your trees. The roots are on top of the ground because they simply can't grow deeper. Roots of trees grow where they get both air and and water. If it stays soggy, you've got a heavy soil, they can't breathe down deep because it stays too wet in the winter, so they stay shallow. That's the way your trees need to grow. If you cover it up, you can suffocate them. See, so, so the roots on top of the ground are sort of part of the tree. That's the way they grow in your kind of dirt. What I would do is, uh, I, I wouldn't clear off under it, uh, leaves and all. Either mulch it with some bark, maybe stick your little clumps of fern here and there, put a bench out there, but something take your 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 mind off those roots and just see them as sort of like the hairy shoulders of a tree. Okay. You know, but uh, well, it, yeah, if you I, if you I, cover you, them you up, you get careful about putting putting you know covering up. But I just assumed that if they were, some of them are four inches above the ground. You yeah, know, yeah and, well, see, you're seeing the shoulder. If you stick your arms straight out and wiggle your fingers, you know, you're seeing the shoulders and upper arms. The fingers are way out there. They're, they're, oh, okay. you know, they're shallow also. But as they grow in length, they also grow in diameter. And right. that's, that's what you're seeing. They're just growing in diameter. Uh, you can put a little dirt here and there around them, uh, Mark. Uh, I wouldn't cover up the whole area, certainly not two or three inches deep. But if you want to fill in around a few here and there, it's not going to hurt the overall tree. Got it. Good deal. I enjoy your program. Okay, good luck with your live oak. Thank you, sir. All righty, let's go to Clinton. Billy, can you help us with this bird? Uh, Felder, I, I really think that's uh either a scarlet tanager or a summer tanager. Uh, they, you know, they go through a, they mow, they do a color change during the winter months and, and uh, summer months, and they're red uh, with black wing feathers and, and uh, red as a cardinal, but they're, it's a tanager, and most likely it's a summer tanager, I would think. And do they have a, they have a yellow spot on their breast? Well, they, that's part of that color phase that they go through. They dull out when they when they change out their feathers. They dull out. You know, I go from, from red to a kind of a greenish yellow uh, color. Yeah. Now, I, I just called up while we were talking, and uh, this guy said they had a long beak, and they don't have really, really long beaks, but that's a start. I'll get them to take a look at that, and, and, and because I'm just looking at pictures. It sure sounds like what you're describing. Some are red. Some have got yellow on their breast. Yeah, the females the females are are yellow, uh, kind of a greenish yellow, kind of an olive color, and uh, but the the male in their full colors are bright red, as any cardinal you ever saw. The the long beak threw me also. That that just didn't fit. <laughs> Might just be a freaky tanager out there. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Billy, this is, I'm gonna send this on to this fella and we'll take it from there, man. I really appreciate your not only listening but helping out. Thank you. I always enjoy your program, <laughs> Th- Elder. Thanks for being part of it. Okay. Bye bye. All right. Boy, that gave me goosebumps. I don't feel like I have to know a bunch of stuff. You know, I've written like 18 books and blah, 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 blah. But I don't want to know some of the stuff I, I learned in college. I'm trying to unlearn it because it slows me down. 
you know, all this stuff about composting, you got to turn it and aerate it and bioactivate it and carbon nitrogen ratio. I just have a leaf pile and it works fine. And uh, somebody uh, said that uh, you, you can't just throw stuff on top because it won't break. And I throw stuff towards my compost. Most of the time, I got banana peels, eggshells all over my yard because I can't make it all the way to the, banana, to the compost from where I'm sitting. But uh, you know, just pile stuff. There's two rules for composting, folks. Stop throwing that stuff away. Pile it up someplace. It's called a leaf pile. If you want to put a fence around it and make it nice and neat, call it a bin. That All, all a bin is... Fenced in leaf pile. Don't sweat the small stuff. Matter of fact, this is good advice. I heard it from my brother a long, long time ago. He said, don't sweat the small stuff. It's all small stuff. If you cannot, here's an order of importance. If you cannot fix it, flee it, or fight it, flow with it. <laughs> I don't know if that's lazy or just good advice, but it sure does help when it comes to your blood pressure. Again, the Bailey Avenue Garden Club is having their plant sale uh, from uh, 7 to noon. It's on um, Cooper Road. I'm just drawing a total blind. i got to find, where is it, uh, 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 Watkins. It's on Watkins Drive in Jackson. Find Northside Drive, uh, south of state, uh, west of State Street, uh, hit Northside Drive, Go down to Watkins. There's a Lake Heiko. Turn on Watkins, and you'll find it right across Heiko Park. There are a lot of fun folks there. Hope you all enjoy it. Uh, also, if you're interested in native plants, Mississippi Native Plant Society is having a conference coming up in a couple of weeks, Saturday and Sunday in Startville. Be glad to help with that, too. Um, one of the things that uh, I, I, I like to – oh, I got an email while we're on the line. I'll send her a letter, but she sent me a picture of a weird-looking plant. Cut the leaves back. It's got this – flower looks like the plume in an old uh, musical band hat it's called hidden ginger curcuma terrific plant i love getting uh, emails i love getting pictures i love getting questions i love getting stumped i love people help me out it's what we call a garden party folks and uh, i say it all the time you don't have to put on clothes to listen to this and tomorrow is international world naked day Okay, Java, I'm leaving it at that. Leaving it at that, folks. I'm Horticulture's Fellow Rushing. You've been listening to the participating in the Gestalt Garden as a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Our, our uh, phone greeter today was Kevin Farrell, my producer, laid back, hard work, and Java Chapman. Uh, it's a great time to get out. Single de Mayo, International World Garden Naked Day, whatever you want to call it. Enjoy stuff. Take a kid to a garden center. Take a kid to a farmer's market, show them how to wiggle the fingers in the dirt and discover roly-polies and all that other wonderful stuff sometimes we take for granted. Uh, folks, if you can find an opportunity to get out and show others how what we do best is get dirty, may the 4th be with you. See you all next week. Mm-hmm.